0: Let's get stuck into our next session. Uh, Matt has already been speaking to us on the why uh, and the what of partnership. What I hope to address as part of my talk uh, to you this morning is the how of partnership. So more about the, you know, a bit about the nuts and bolts about how this all works together. Some of the things have already been touched on, I think, by Matt. So I'm just here to to fill in some of the blanks. And so for our time together this morning, I just want to talk uh, very briefly again, just highlighting uh you know one of the biblical patterns for how partnership can work you know how, how we actually uh, sort of toe into it um then secondly i want to talk about my own personal story of, of partnership how, how it came about for us thirdly i want to talk about the advantages of partnership um and fourthly and finally the specifics of partnership okay so the biblical pattern personal story advantages And then the specifics, what do you actually do if you want to partner with ADVANCE from here on? So let's just uh, go for the biblical pattern of partnership first of all. And I want to uh, refer you to a few verses from Judges, uh, um, chapter 1. There's there's much in the New Testament um, about some form of partnership that goes on between the local churches. And yet we might be surprised... Uh, to understand that there are actually some moments in the Old Testament as well which are very much the forerunner of what partnership uh, may look like and we see one of those passages in in, uh, Judges chapter 1 of all places and it kind of sets the pace uh, for what I want to talk about with you uh, this morning I'm going to read to you from Judges chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me into the territory allotted to me, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went up with him. Then Judah went up and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands and they defeated 10,000 of them at Bezek, Joshua is dead. The great leader is gone. And so what we see at the beginning of Judges is, is, is the people of God, the people of Israel, the covenant people of God, um, transitioning, I suppose, moving into a new uh, phase, and, and it's a pretty strong start. Um, if you're familiar with the book of Judges, it, it does not end at all well. It goes downhill, really, from the start. It's a sort of jet downhill trajectory. But at the start, they, they have a strong, strong time. And they're sort of transitioning, I suppose we could say, to use advanced type language, they're transitioning into the shared mission. Uh, So the the, the key leader is gone, but the tribes are then sort of coming in behind. And we can sort of discern, I think, a pattern um, of partnership here that I think will be instructive for us this morning as we're thinking about these things. And the first, I suppose, step then we could see in terms of partnership um, in verse 1 is that the people of Israel inquired of the Lord um that might might sound self-evident but it's really not unfortunately certainly in in some circles um you may have picked up uh, it just seems to be so uh too worried about the technicalities and, and and by our brilliance and our clever thinking we have achieved this but actually church planting and mission and all the rest of it it's not pragmatic is it um it's not practical it's not by our own brilliance that we achieve these things it's of the lord um it's what he thinks it's what he wants um God controls and directs our partnership first and foremost and even when we are uh, in partnership we, we are asking and we are inquiring We're saying Lord you're sovereign it's your mission um, and, and maybe depending on, on your stage I suppose in terms of partnership you, we, we all need to begin by asking Lord uh, what is it you want for us for our church who shall we partner with who shall go up first Uh, where shall we plant who's going to plant who's going to go to this town or that town lord direct us lord send us on it begins there inquiring of the lord Um, but then the second step i suppose we could say to 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 walking into partnership again we see that in these verses here is that the the inquired of the lord and then god spoke to them and then they obeyed when they heard his voice Uh, verse two the lord says we don't know how but um, he, he, he reveals his heart and his mind to them. He says, Judah shall go up for me. I've given the land into his hand. You know, they asked the Lord, and, and yet they, they listened. They heard God, and he as I say, revealed his, his will to them. And they, they responded in faith and obedience. Sometimes we ask, don't we? And we pray, and then we don't stick around for the answer. Um, or we don't get the answer we like. But they heard and they obeyed. And the third thing then we say, the third step, I suppose, <clears throat> is really, I suppose, partnership proper. They joined forces with Simeon. I love this bit. And um, They partnered together. Yeah, uh, in verse 3, Come up with me to the territory allotted to me that we may fight against the Canaanites. Let's go together. Our enemy is great, but our God is greater. We can do this. But then they... Continue, and they say, and likewise, we will go with you into the territory allotted to you. You, know, you, you can come and, and serve with us and strengthen us. And, and you can partner with us so that we can enter into the calling. We can enter into the victory of God that he has for us. But then we will strengthen you so that you can enter into the calling and, and, and receive the promises that God has for you. And we see this working out beautifully in and and. Devastatingly effective in verses 4 through 10 It says they defeated the Canaanites, the Perizzites, 10,000 of them were slayed. In the process, even the great king, uh, Adonai Bezek, was defeated, humbled, forced to admit that God has done this. And Judah then uh, went on and, and just enjoyed a, a resounding victory, claiming Jerusalem, the Negev. The lowlands, Hebron, even as far as Gaza and Ashkelon and other towns. This resounding victory began with partnership. In verse 17 then, true to their word, Judah, it says, went up with Simeon, his brother. And they defeated the Canaanites at Zephath, devoting them to destruction. This really is a core of partnership. That's what we're talking about, just to be clear. When we're talking about partnership, I will willingly help you and strengthen you, and do what I can to help you live out what God has called you to do in your place, in your area, and you in turn will willingly do the same for us. You will willingly help us. And so in partnership together, what we do is we go on forays into the kingdom of darkness. You know, we are bringing the light of Christ with us in the gospel, and so in our partnership we strengthen what is lacking, or what is weak, or what is deficient in one another, so that we are more effective together on mission. And then when I see you achieving uh, what God has called you to do, I will celebrate with you because I've partaken somehow or other in your victory by God's grace. And you likewise, when you see us uh, making gains, you will celebrate with us. Isn't God great? But notice the stark contrast then in verses, well, 27 through to the end, really. Uh, In the ESV, uh, pardon me, I didn't mean to snort. In the ESV, (laughs) it's just so fired up. The heading, the sort of uninspired heading says so the failure to complete the conquest. Um, Manasseh, it says, did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth-shean and its villages, and so forth. Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites. Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants. Asher did not, and so on and so forth. It got even worse towards the end. Even for Dan, it wasn't just like they failed to drive out the Amorites. The Amorites pushed them back. They They lost land. went backwards. Several reasons for uh, their lack of victory, but it's notable, isn't it, that none of them linked arms together with one another. None of them inquired of the Lord. They thought, we got this, we can do this. And as the text of scripture rolls on, we realise how tragically wrong they were, compromising and going after other gods, and it was horrendous. They thought they could do it alone, but they were sadly wrong. So we see something here about the biblical uh, pattern of partnership. There's much more the Bible has to say about partnering together, but I think it's helpful for us. And we'll pick this up in a few moments towards the end. Um, But I thought what I'd do um, is give you a bit of a personal story about partnership um, from my perspective. And it might help you uh, to to figure out and maybe you can sort of link in with with your story and, 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 and so forth. Um, Foundation Church Belfast that I, I lead uh, with Marion uh, is six years, well, roughly six years old, um, which is still pretty new. It's a, a baby uh, in church terms. We planted independently, uh, sort of beginning together in 2016, and we started meeting publicly for worship in February 2017. Um, prior to that, I had uh, roughly 10 years of experience in local church uh, leadership. I was an elder. Uh, for six or seven years in a, in a, in a large church in Newtonards. And then I was the lead pastor in a Baptist church in Belfast for about three years after that. Um, originally, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not from here, I'm from Brighton or near Brighton and Sussex in the south of England. Um, I left there aged 18 to go up to Aberdeen, uh, in the northeast of Scotland to study medicine. So I was five years in Aberdeen and then worked um, as a junior doctor in Glasgow, the great city of Glasgow, amen, uh, for, two, for two years. Um, and then I moved to Belfast then in 2007. And the, the purpose for my move was to study paediatric surgery in the Children's Hospital in the Royal. So that's how I ended up here. Um, I, since then, I, and, and since really just uh, God doing a work in my heart, I've always done bivocational ministry. So I've been working in the hospital alongside working mostly for free in the local church. It's only this last year, by God's grace. And I've started to become um, remunerated from uh, Foundation Church Belfast part-time, which is, which is great. Um, but by the way, that's a whole other talk. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about the merits um, and the drawbacks of biovocational ministry. Uh, but for me, certainly it was a means to an end. Um, I wasn't necessarily a philosophical commitment, although I see... Um, that there are many merits to by vocational ministry. Uh, thankfully, Marion's got a proper job. She's a GP <laughs> in East Belfast, so at least someone can uh, pay the bills. So um, couldn't do this without her, so thank you. Um, and yeah, so Foundation Church began in our, our effectively our living room, um, practically speaking. Uh, we met with a small group of people, just uh, worshiping, uh, praying, seeking the Lord's uh, guidance. And then, as I say, we went to, to public worship in 2017. Uh, originally meeting in the Chinese Welfare Association on the Ormo Road in South Belfast. Uh, we were there for, a, well, probably best part of two years, really. Uh, it was mainly evening gatherings. We couldn't get in because they had some sort of Chinese dance groups that were using the place on Sunday morning. So we had to get in in the afternoon. And um, and so we we, uh, we gra- grounded out. Uh, we saw some small victories. Some local people started to attend. Uh, but we did begun, begin looking for alternate accommodation, um, mainly because increasing number of young families in our in our church community so eventually through um uh, multiple avenues we ended up at ashfield girls school on the hollywood road in east belfast Um, and uh, we were there again for about 18 months before covid came along and uh, we had to suspend our public gatherings as did we all um in that sort of in-betweeny bit between lockdowns we met at the wandsworth community center which is like a little think sort of dank scout hall um, which is a bit smelly and um, that 's pretty much what it was like. That was a tough gig that was a tough gig, no singing, um, sitting far apart you know for me, that was a real low point actually, um, just just in terms of uh, yeah just energy and i 'm sure you feel like this too energy and momentum and yeah, we had some great people that, that came and joined us, and actually a key couple that were still with us at foundation um, are st- um, are still still from that time, and uh, some of these Chances at the back came along as well for a bit, um, which uh, we're so thankful for. It just encouraged us, actually, having you guys with us for even just a few, few uh, weeks and months. Um, having said that, we have now been in the Belmont Tower uh, in East Belfast, uh, owned by the National Trust, and so we rent it from them. Um, but it's a, it's a tremendous location. It looks like a church. It's never been a church until now. Um, but uh, we're just so thankful every time I walk past that during our lockdown walks, um, I was like, God, give us this building. Give us this building. And uh, he, he answered that prayer. And uh, we, we've just, to me, I know Jacob feels like, this, it feels like home, actually, for one of the first times ever, rather than just being um, maybe like a gypsy. So, um, we, we're just so, sorry, is that slur? I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> rather, than, rather than feeling, we're just glad to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah we're, just by god's grace we're, we're seeing momentum you know the wheels are starting to turn in our church um from a small handful that met in our living room uh, a few years ago uh, we're starting to see roughly 40 to 50 now on a sunday morning coming to our, our church which for us is huge uh maybe for you it's not that big but for us it's huge um this last year we've been baptizing people um we've been re- we've recently doubled our membership um, on, on Tuesday last week, we had a, had a members meeting. We literally doubled our membership, so praise God. Why am I telling you all this? Well, just so you know roughly the sort of background, church planting is hard. And uh, very early on in our church planting journey, I, I, I realized I didn't want to be alone. We couldn't be alone. And, and it's important for me, but also important for our church to be part of something bigger. Um, yes, we wanted to be something, you know, part of something with a, a, a national or even a global feel about it. But also because I just wanted accountability. You know, I wanted to be connected. I think probably, ultimately, I wanted relationship uh, with those outside the church. Um, and so we started looking for a network or a tribe that we could theologically align with. Um, but for me, theology and the alignment of values, as important as they were, had to go further. It had to be more than that. Um, we start there maybe, but it had to be a relationship. I, I I needed I need a family, and you know, brothers and sisters on mission together. And so I sat down on Google one afternoon, and um, I was I was I was literally down on page four of Google. Who ever goes to page four? No one, no one makes it past page one. Maybe page two, but no one ever goes. Anyway, I was down on page four because I was desperate, and this thing came up saying advanced movement. I'd never heard of advanced, and you knew no one from it. I visited their website, and I thought, okay, looks all right. Tick some boxes. Um, theologically, as Matt was describing, they, they are sort of uh, warmly reformed in their theology, which is brilliant. Um, and yet, you know, uh, so they celebrate the sovereignty of God, the goodness of his grace, and all that stuff, and yet they were eager to embrace uh, the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And, and, and with that as well, they're just so, so clear on the mission to plant and strengthen Churches, and so I emailed them uh, for a bit of information, and I think probably two or three weeks later, Matt uh, was on a plane over to Belfast, um, probably end of twenty seventeen, beginning of twenty eighteen, and, and and for me that just um, was was the first indication that these guys are serious about relationships. Someone you know who leads a big church in in, in, uh, in Bournemouth, and was willing to hop on a plane and come and see me. In in, in my little church, and uh, just to come and learn the context and and figure out how how we could start this relationship. So it meant a lot. Um, From then on, I started attending pastors' conferences. And the moment I walked in the door of these pastors' conferences, I just instantly felt at home. I I was taken in, you know, it's like being warmly welcomed back home again. Um, Before long, I was staying with other church leaders in Plymouth and their church. And over this period, we started welcoming advanced visitors to Belfast. Uh, we were encouraged as a church. Uh, it can be very discouraging starting something from scratch, badly needed, and yet they came with words of encouragement and comfort to my heart and to, to our church. Um, they blessed us. They preached in our church. They met with our members. It's wonderful. And then in 2019, we were sort of uh, publicly welcomed or recognized into the Advance um, movement of churches. During this time, as Johnny's mentioned, Johnny and Sandra planted the Way Church. Um, we share a lot of similar outlooks and a shared doctrine. And so they, they too started attending these events, meeting leaders. When leaders came over to see me, I would say, hey, Johnny, do you want to jump in? Let's have lunch. And, and just to try and bring him in. And, uh, and I think that uh, you had a similar experience to me in terms of the warmth and the, the, uh, the general sense of fellowship. It was amazing. Um, yeah. And so you guys were officially recognized just earlier this year. Is that right? Um, in, in, in 2022. It would have been a bit earlier, I think, but just with COVID and everything, so the, the global um, gathering. So there's two churches in the whole of Northern Ireland that are part of Advance. And yet, of course, we we dream for more. Uh, we, we can do a bit together. Um, but we can only do so much. And, and so we just would love to see this wonderful partnership um, just developing. And we, we do we do believe that actually seeds are being sown uh, as a result of this, uh, What what's happening this morning. So that's the, my personal story. There's much more I could go on about, but um, uh, feel free to chat to me and uh, we, can, we can go into more details. And I want to talk to you about the advantages of, of partnership, um, because your story will most likely be very different to mine in the way that you've gone about church leadership and ministry and your, your, your role on the planting or, or leading um, uh, circuit. But I want to just talk to you about some of the advantages of partnership I think we can share together, irrespective of our stories, you know, what it, what it feels like to be part of Advance or part, part of a partnership, what are the benefits, so to speak. Um, some of these Matt has already gone over, but I just wanna pick them up in, again because they've meant so much to me over the years. The first advantage of partnership is that I no longer feel alone. No longer feel alone, no, no more isolation. Planting is lonely, leading is lonely, and just through partnership, you can be part of a band of brothers and sisters with whom you can fight and with whom you can share victories and you can tend to one another's wounds from the battlefield. One of the most empowering words from uh, an advanced friend who's been serving us in our church recently was, you are not alone. You are no longer alone. And, And for me, that just lifted huge weight off of my shoulders. I'm not alone. And you you can have that, even with a team around you and a church full of good people, it is possible to feel completely alone and isolated. As Matt was saying, we need connection. People have got your heart, people have got your back. You have that with partnership, it's beautiful. First, you're no longer alone. Secondly, in terms of advantages, we gather together for strengthening, to stir one another up more of this kind of thing here. Uh, and when we get together, in, in whatever context, um, it stokes the fire of our, our mission. Because our partnership is fostered by regularly gathering together. It's more than just a WhatsApp group. You know, whether it's one-to-one connections, whether it's leaders together, whether it's churches together, uh, we meet together to push one another on, to go further and deeper into all that the Lord has for us. And we had this during the week, didn't we, between us and the, the Way Church, uh, and a bunch of advanced pastors that were over for a conference um 15 or so of them we met for worship and prayer uh, on wednesday evening we were mingling together uh, we got to break into small groups and pray over one another blessing one another uh in the name of the lord encouraging one another there was testimony given we got to celebrate the work of god's grace in one man's life it's awesome it just galvanizes our vision ah, such a sweet time of fellowship beautiful so we gather for strengthening third thing we do or sorry the third advantage partnership Intentional sharing of resources. Um, resources is kind of a catch-all phrase, and by that I mean money, or people, or gifting, or experience. Whatever we've got of value that God has given us, we will intentionally and open-handedly be generous towards one another. And uh, whether it's a simple addition of, of, of bodies, you know, of you know replicating what's already there. You know, if you need more people to help run an outreach event that you're holding, and we can go to our our partner churches and say, Hey, have you got twenty people that can sign up and help us? Yes, that's great, and we can do that. But I think that even more effectively, perhaps, than that, is the attentional sort of equipping uh, in areas of weakness or lack. So, for example, you know, um, uh, Johnny started to do some eldership training at, at the, the Way Church, and I said, oh, you know, don't, don't start from scratch. I've got a whole bunch of material that I'm working on that I've just gone through. I'll send it to you. You can use it. You can tear it apart. You can do what you want with it. I'll talk you through it. I'll, I'll share my experiences. So that I can I can help that church in some way to grow healthy leaders. Likewise, um, you know, for example, this is just a, an example. You know, we might need some help. Our prophetic ministry is, is sort of uh, a bit, you know, need, needs a bit of fire, needs a bit more of uh, punch. So I can go to Johnny or, or some other partner churches and say, look, you know, have you got anyone who is prophetically gifted who can come and just blow, you know, effectively by God's grace, fresh, fresh fire, you know, among us through prophetic words and example. And again, they can send them over and we can be blessed like that. The intentional sharing of resources. Another advantage, the fourth advantage, partnering. Connecting to the wider partnership. Um, Yes, we want partnership to be really enjoyed and functional at a hub level between Ballyclare and Belfast and and maybe a few other places. But beyond that, um, we have a partnership uh, with the country, I suppose. um, Advance UK and Europe. And we've got 30-ish churches, something like that, maybe. 25. Okay, 25-ish churches um, across the, the UK, Scotland, Wales, now here in Northern Ireland, uh, and, and a few dotted around Europe as well. Further afield, even more than that, partner churches in South Africa, Kenya, Madagascar, Thailand, Nepal, USA, Canada, Australia, and all of these things open up this wide network of opportunities. So our partnering, yes, will be wonderful and blessed, you know, between Belfast and Ballyclare. but we have access and and opportunity to serve and be served by churches from across the world. It's brilliant. Bless you. Fifth advantage, training. Um, I'm not going into too much detail here, but with so many wonderful resources that Advance have have, uh, worked on so hard over the years, from practical training such as the advanced church planters course led by Pete Cornford uh, in London helping uh, young leaders to to, to grapple uh, with you know how do you finance a a church plant uh, how do you do preaching how do you look after your own soul and your own family you know just really great practical stuff we've got the advanced theology course been put together by Andrew Wilson again two years of you know pretty Uh, deep and and yet wonderful biblical theology that is is yours uh, as advanced partner churches you can run in your own church uh, for your leaders or for 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 small groups and all the rest of it just wonderful brilliant theology and and doxology it just leads you to worship it's great Um, we've got the union uh, learning community as i've mentioned a few moments ago just all these options to train and equip church church planters that comes with partnership brilliant That's my five. Let's get down to uh, some bit more practical stuff as we close out. So the specifics of partnership. What do you do? What do you do if you want to partner with Advance? What, what, what are your next steps? Um, they're not written down. I'm just going to sort of explain to you uh, from my experience and, and leaning on some of these things we've seen here in Scripture. What do you do if you are an existing church and you're looking to belong, what are your next steps? Well, taking Judges 1 as a sort of a brief um, base, I suppose, the first thing you do as an existing church or leadership team is you inquire of the Lord and ask him, what do you want us to do? God, how should we respond to this call to partnership? Is the Lord in this? Is his Holy Spirit pushing us in this direction? You to inquire of the Lord. That doesn't happen overnight. You know, you get down on your knees and you fast and pray and Lord, what do you want for us? Second thing we do, just like we see Israel do here, is we listen and obey through the ordinary and the extraordinary means that God can use to speak and communicate his heart and mind to us. We listen and obey. Is there hunger among your fellow leaders? Does it sit well with you? Is is, is the Holy Spirit convicting you as a a group? Is God leading you towards partnership? And if he is, why wouldn't you? What's holding you back? Is it hang-ups or bad experiences in the past? What's holding you back? Specifically, then, once you've done those two things, um, I just encourage you as an existing church to start developing relationships with advanced people locally and beyond that nationally so so what does that look like that it looks like turning up start turning up to events whether that's like an informal uh, bacon and coffee and prayer mornings that we have from time to time or whether it's prayer and worship nights where our churches are together start turning up to them maybe it's the more formal conferences that we hold uh, across the uk and beyond start turning up uh, you hear about these things, by the way, through the social media channels. Advance is pretty good at keeping, keeping us up to date there. But you'll hear it from us as well, uh, and our churches, um, and directly through Johnny and I. Um, and, and you can do that. You can bring your elders, you can bring a wider leadership team into the mix. Bring them to the conferences. Expose them to the Advance vibe. You know, not only are they going to benefit themselves, but they will help you discern the fit, is this good for us and our church? You can teach on it. You know, there's ample text in the New Testament. Churches helping churches. If this is a new idea to you and your church, then start teaching on it. You know, highlight from the book of Acts how how these things link together or the pastoral epistles or something like that. Sharing gifts and resources among the churches. And, And eventually, after all that stuff and having, you know, walked and developed that relationship, you'll get to a point where you can say it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And... That may apply to your church. It'll apply to uh, the wider advanced partnership. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us that you are a partner. You're you're one of us. And so um, when that time comes, um, you'll be recognized publicly at a national or an international conference just to say, hey, there's another church here. Let's celebrate what God is doing. Awesome. So that's a few, a few practical things for an existing church. But what do you do if you're maybe not there? You're not in church leadership directly. You're not a pastor or something like that. But you're a planter. You're trying to decide the call to plant. Discern it in your heart and mind. Maybe as a part of a planting team or even leading a planting team. What would you do? Well, in that case, again, we'll follow the similar pattern here. First of all, you need to inquire of the Lord. You know, you need clarity. What is my calling? What is my gifting? Um, How can I know? Who can help me inquire? Who have I got around me? Inquire of the Lord. What is his will for your life? Secondly, of course, listen and obey his leading. It's not that you always have to have complete clarity before you start moving forward. Sometimes it's it's both and. You're like, Lord, this is the desire of my heart. I think this is uh, where you're taking me. But yet you want to start uh, going forward into, um, uh, into what God has for you. Um, with those two things in place then if you're not already join a Jesus loving gospel preaching mission focused church one that is warm to planting whether they're going to plant themselves or whether they're going to facilitate it ideally if you can an advanced church although other churches are available and um, uh, just, just that th- you can have something of that drive behind you from your local church they will give you opportunity they will give you uh, some bits of responsibility to test you and to see whether the Lord is, is in this in that situation Uh, as a church planter or someone with a desire you can tap into some of these resources that we've mentioned already uh, in discussion with your elders from your church input from advanced voices you can do your theological training if you need it through the the learning community or advanced theology or whatever it is you can do your practical training through the local church through uh, advanced church planting courses that we run responsibility uh, given to you internships, residencies all that stuff is available through partnerships Folks, we, um, we, Johnny and I have a, have a vision for the nation. Our churches have a vision for our nation, north and south, uh, to bring fresh move of the gospel in word and power. We dream of 32 church plants or partner churches in the next 30 years. Why 32? Well, it just corresponds to the number of counties in Ireland, north and south. We give ourselves 30 years. We want to also establish four missional hubs in each province that can coordinate and fire on the mission that God puts us on. But we realize that something like this is going to be impossible between the two of us. We can't do it alone. I can't reach the towns of Antrim. But Johnny and the Way Church can. And and, and as foundation, we can strengthen them and make them more effective in their context. Now I can't, I can't, I can't re- reach the Ards Peninsula. But the guys down in uh, Mill Isle can. And we can strengthen them and equip them. And give what we can to see them succeed in Jesus name. We're called to impact Belfast. But we can't do it alone at Foundation Church. We need others to stand alongside us. And to get into the trenches with us you can impact your town or your city or the space that God has you in. And in partnership, we can strengthen you. And we can help you to achieve all that God has purpose for you as you plant and strength. It's our conviction that these are the first steps, that God is beginning a movement among us. And so it's our prayer that God may continue to stir hearts and minds and churches to join together for the glory of Christ And for the gospel transformation of our nations. Amen. So Let's pray. Father God, would you stir our hearts for what you have for us in Jesus? Would you uh, convict us? Lord, would you uh, clarify? Would you reveal to us your will as church leaders, eldership teams, whoever we may be? Lord, if there is a desire for planting on our hearts, if we sort of feel like we're on our own in that respect, again, Lord, clarify even today what it is you want us to do the next steps that we must take in order to um, receive the fullness of what you have for us lord i pray over every person in this room every church represented here and there's probably a dozen churches even just here lord i pray for their success i pray for their impact lord i pray um, that, that in, the, in the name of jesus that Darkness will be pushed back and the light of Christ will will, will burn brighter. Holy Spirit, we need you. We can't do this on our own. We need you to set a fire that starts with us. And so, Lord, whatever these brothers and sisters end up doing with this day and wherever you take them, Lord, I pray. Favor upon them. I pray blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray strength to their teams. I pray strength to their churches. I pray for oh god for gospel transformation of the context that they're in their little towns their big cities their rural locations wherever they may be come lord jesus we pray amen amen